Section number 61 of the Anzac Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adam Bielka. Anzac in Egypt, Mahmud and Australia by C. Mohammed was Mohammed. He was also a guide. The combination meant that he knew everything, and what he didn't know he made up, and what he made up he told so often that at last he believed it. We were on the usual Nile excursion, made by nearly the whole Australasian force at one time or another, to Memphis and Saqqara. A boat had been arranged, and Mohammed tried to entertain us on the boat. He did. Knowing our absence from home and wives, he gave us a full account of his three wives, also some obscure but not uninteresting details of their feelings towards each other. Each was a pearl, and he didn't know which was the pearliest. The idyllic piece of Mrs. Muhammad in triplicate was enough to make one a follower of the prophet. His next dissertation was on the Koran, but theology doesn't appeal much to soldiers. Padres have reduced their services to a maximum of 20 minutes. Before long, our astute guide recognized a necessity of a change of subject. He gave us riddles, the riddle of the Sphinx, how one could divide equally between two men a 10-gallon flask of water with only three and seven-gallon flasks to do it with. The best of us took nine moves to do it in, Muhammad did it in five, and looked humble. Then he gave us another. Four men and their wives are on one side of the Nile and have to pass over to the other, but their jealousy will not allow any man to be alone with a lady not his wife. Muhammad threw this problem at us with an air of triumph. There was the boat, there were the four men, there were the four wives, there was the Nile. The Nile was certainly there, and our puffing, stodgy steamer had gone two or three miles before we gave it up. We did give it up. Muhammad manipulated the ladies and their spouses with ease, landed each on the other side, all conventions being strictly observed. Then the pyramids came into view. We were rather tired of the pyramids. But the guide wasn't. What would a guide be without the pyramids, or the pyramids without guides? So we heard again all their history. Each new Muhammad throws in a thousand years, or two more or less. But what is a thousand years in Egypt? We were tiring of the pyramids. Muhammad started on the other bank. Napoleon, Napoleon's towers, Napoleon's granaries, Napoleon's fortifications. Now there is a limit to all things. We could stand Moses Island, we could listen to the accounts of pharaohs, pyramids, thinkses, and Mrs. Thinkses, but Napoleon? Napoleon hadn't even known Australia. However, Muhammad was wound up. He was inspired. He was even intrepid. What if the infidel dogs did cut down his bakshish? They should have the whole story. So the British and the Australasians in Egypt went to the wall. Napoleon reigned. He got it all. It was then that our youngest subaltern put in an easy underarm, and Muhammad hid it. 
Yes, we know all that about Napoleon, said the subaltern. But what about Sir George Reed? We waited breathless. Was it a boundary hit or a catch at point? Oh, said Mohammed, I know all about St. George Reed. He was a great man. There is his mound over there. Ah, we exclaimed. And then, with happy inspiration, someone asked, Is he dead? Oh, yes, dead a hundred years. St. George Reed, a very good and great man. He has a fine tomb. If a sick man goes there, he gets cured quickly. We tipped Muhammad generously. End of section 61